Eam is a podcast that proves women can still be strong and influential while being godly and humble. Eam streams anywhere you listen to your music and podcasts. If you like what you hear, visit our website, eamisher.wixsite.com for more resources. Hi guys, how are you? It's Karen here. Hi everyone, it's Maria. Hey, it's Natalie. Okay, so before we get started, we know the drill. What's uh, everyone's reflection on last week? What has everyone been up to in terms of their challenge and so on? So I was not there with you girls last week, but my personal challenge that I hadn't stated was um, what am I waiting for? So the paralyzed man was kind of lying there. And I sensed this like theme of what am I waiting for? Am I waiting for someone to be like, do you want to be healed? Am I waiting for someone to actually grab me and push me in? Am I waiting for someone to carry me there? What am I waiting for? Um, And to kind of just ask myself that question throughout the entire week. And whether I come up with the same answer or different answers, I just wanted to get to the bottom of it. So that was kind of my challenge. Mm -hmm. How about you, Maria? Um, yeah, that was really beautiful, Natalie. Um, mine was to not limit our prayers and to not limit the solutions I offer God to what I think is possible. Um, and I faced this thing that was really, really stressing me out. And on on like a logical level, I knew it was something small. I knew it was something that I wasn't supposed to worry about as much. But on a kind of emotional and psychological level, it mattered to me. Um, and anyway, and I, it was just on my mind for a very long time. And I, it's, it's like a big thing that I'm planning essentially. And I'm just hoping that people, I w- like my, my entire, the success of it was dependent on people's responses. Um, and so that's obviously something I can't control. And so I, I kept praying with different things to try to make me feel better. I was like, okay, God, if like half of the people respond, what about like, if, if it got, it gets canceled and something else shows up instead. But anyway, I realized that the only way I could actually feel better is to just not offer a solution to God because he's way more creative. And even when he doesn't offer the solution that's on my mind um, or doesn't let things go the exact way I planned, he gives me the peace with it. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, yeah, so I like anyway, so we, we made the announcement and the post is out there now and stuff. And although it wasn't exactly the the response I had hoped for, it was actually I felt a lot better through it. I hope that made sense. I'm talking very mm-hmm. like abstract. No, no, um, it does. But yeah, just I just realized that like we can come to him with anything big or small. Um, and we just need to rely on his creativity and out of the box solutions. <laughs> I love that. And I loved the uh, what you were saying, Natalie, too. I feel like we didn't really think of that last time. So that's such a good perspective. Um, for me, I remember my challenge um, was to find out what paralyzes me or like what's that one sin or what it is um, so that I'm not stuck in like a loop, basically doomed to repeat the same thing over and over again. And what I actually found was that at the beginning of the week, I... Um, I sat in prayer and like, I I picked the one thing that I thought paralyzed me and I'm like, I'm going to work on this. But by the end of the week, I actually realized that like, there were so many more things that I Mm -hmm. think were much more paralyzing and much more um, detrimental to my spiritual life than what I even initially thought that it just, um, it opened my eyes to kind of other things that I didn't think Mm -hmm. I needed to work on. But now I I feel like I, I, I'm going to work on that through prayer course but yeah that's well thank god actually you bring up such a good point because 
Jesus sometimes asks us like he did with the lame man, do you want to be made well? He doesn't, um, because he knows that there are so many things on our mind, like in our hearts that need to be fixed and we're not even aware of them. Mm -hmm. So as like the moment we open our hearts to him, he has so many other things to fix than what we're aware of. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Okay, so this week is the man born blind. I'm so excited. Um, Maria, can you read the gospel for us? Yeah, of course, I'd love to. Okay, so this is from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 9, and we'll be reading from verses 1 to 38. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. A man born blind receives sight. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said this is he, others said he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him about, again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said, He's a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered and said to him, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees we do not know, or who opened his eyes we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his disciples said, He is of age, ask him. So they again called the man who was born blind and said to him, Give glory, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. 
They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Beautiful. Initial thoughts? So powerful. Just mm-hmm. the the whole idea of the light of the world. Like the this passage starts really interestingly. It doesn't start right away with, like what Jesus says at least, is not right away he encounters the blind man. He says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but the works of God should be revealed. And then he says, I, I was sent to do this. And then he talks about the light. So he kind of shows a much bigger purpose than just coming to heal that one blind man. He shows why he came into this entire world and how all of that is revealed through this one miracle. Yeah, I like how he redirected the disciples' question. Um, Like the thought behind their question was very much why, Mm. and he directed it towards to what is is God's purpose in this? Mm -hmm. Like why, not not exactly why, but what? Um, Which I appreciate because also at this point, like I think Jesus was in pretty hot water with the Jews. because of everything all the prior events but um his compassion kind of drove him to meet that one man yes. I love. yeah and, and based on the conversation that you were just talking about it's um it goes to show like god saying how suffering and these things that happen like it it could be used to reveal reveal him basically where i'm trying to go with that is i feel like sometimes um, growing up, I would always pray and I would always say, God, I want to be your instrument. And I would always use these big words that I heard in like songs or whatever. And I'm like, use me Lord, like whatever. And, um, but the truth is when I don't like it, when it's, uh, mm-hmm. a part of the plan that I didn't see coming, I'm like, don't use me in this way. Use me in another yeah. way. I'm better at this. You should do this. Um, but that's not what it is. Like the blind man wasn't blind and we don't get suffering like because God wants to reveal himself in us. I think that's an important distinction. Like it's not like God's like be blind, suffer for like to reveal myself. Like, at the end of the day, that's human nature and corruption and suffering. But it's beautiful that he uses that and he looks down on us with compassion and he um, and he still makes something beautiful out of something that's not initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like the the way that he healed him was not um usual like it was not something ordinary it was not his typical like means as we've seen like before and i actually uh, reading up on this passage um i like that he put the emphasis in the power of the man and not in the method like he took away any any way of someone to try and come up with some sort of formula to like, oh, if I do this and this and this, then healed. If I do this and this and this, then I am free of sin. If I do this and this and that, like, uh, uh, like a formula was taken away from us. And it was kind of like, no, it's not about your you as much as it is about him. It's funny. This mm-hmm. comes up every week. But yeah, I keep going. Yeah. Really? No, that's it. Yeah, it's so true. Because every everything that's written in the Bible has a purpose. And there are times where he heals people by a word um, to show the power of his word. But this specific miracle is so special, I think. And it's so personal because he touches him and he like 
he had like the saliva of Jesus touches the, the eyes of the blind man and Jesus's hands, you know, spread the clay. And St. Cyril explains that this is um, to show that his body is life giving, which is exactly what we say in the liturgy. And so mm-hmm. his body truly is the one that gives us healing. Of course, it's very capable of giving us physical healing. But I think what's more important is the, the soul's healing that we receive after physically coming in contact with his body and blood in the Eucharist. And then he tells him, go wash it off in Mm. Siloam. And Siloam means scent. So I actually read up on that. And it said that John continuously in in the gospel refers to Jesus as being sent by the Father. So now the blindness is removed by and through the scent. Mm -hmm. S-E-N-T. So I loved that. I I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I had just read that from St. Augustine too. And I was like, snap. It's so (laughs) cool that Jesus does some things to, to show, like to show people the, the parallel without having to say it sometimes. It's like, Mm -hmm. it becomes so clear that like, go to send, like I send you. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) the man didn't know who he was at first. So like it took faith for him to act just to go to that place to wash it off. Like, bro, if that happened to me and I didn't know who he was, I'd be like, ew, yeah. like this man spat <laughs> on me. Like, and, yeah. yeah, and I, I would just wipe it off and go to like the nearest like washroom. Yeah. Yeah. Like clean and myself I, up. It actually I don't know. made me think that like, I think Jesus was, was elevating his status a little bit or kind of glorifying him a bit because I'm sure that you, you see it from the reaction of the disciples. The moment yeah. they see him, they say who sinned, right? Um, and from the Jews too, they tell him you were completely born in your sin, but Jesus is showing them all his faith through mm. actually obedience and being sent to the pool. Um, yeah. So Jesus is, is so kind. He heals him on so many levels. I think he heals him physically, obviously, but also kind of heals his reputation. And then I think eventually we'll talk about how he heals his, his heart or his faith. His soul. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, uh, Father Gabriel Wisa, he was talking about how there's like a contrast between the Jews um, and, and the man who was healed. And I loved it because like you guys said, like he had so much faith. So this guy was born blind, but he saw Christ, but they were not blind and they were with him every Every day and like he literally spat on ground and formed his eyeballs out of nowhere like making himself like so evident as the creator and they still refused and then they mm-hmm. got witnesses and their parents said no he was born blind and they kept asking and asking and still continue like the story stayed consistent and they were like no no way yeah. we know the law it's it's the same thing as la- last week like the 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 paralyzed man you know they mm-hmm. they you have to ask yourself, like, am I like the Jews who completely ignores the miracle and highlights the transgression continuously? Mm. Like, oh, this was done on the Sabbath. That's not right. Mm-hmm. This was, although I read something and I was literally taking notes and I said, LOL, um, in my notes, because when they asked him, this is sidetrack, when they asked him for the the paralyzed man, like, why would you do that on this? Why would you break the Sabbath? You can... I read somewhere that it said th- the man who was healed probably had this inner dialogue of like, well, I was carried to the pool and if I wasn't <laughs> healed, I would need to be carried back. That's a lot more work than me carrying my <laughs> little bed. So in healing me, he was actually saving work on the Sabbath mm. more than making it. So it's like, you're so stuck on whether it's like the black letter law the you know the the rules that have been set forth before you as opposed to like the the huge the bigger picture that all of them missed so 
And this is like evidently a theme that we see in this story too. So you just have to ask yourself sometimes like, do I, am I like the Pharisee? Am I like the Jews? Do I miss Uh out on the big things? Because I'm so stuck. I'm so blind to his work that I couldn't see what he was trying to do. I was so stuck on what I wanted that I couldn't see on what he, what he was trying to do. And so I don't know. It's just actually kind of like off of that, the verse um, in which he says, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know that though I was blind and now I see kind of reminds me of that because when I read that, it just made me feel like so many times I put words in God's mouth or I put characteristics Mm -hmm. on him that aren't really him. Like he's this angry person and like kind of like what the Pharisees do. Like if you don't do this on this day, then God doesn't love you. And I'll think it in my head, but it's important to kind of remind ourselves, like, what do I know? What is my experience been with God? And remember Mm -hmm. that because that's what you've seen. So that's what, you know, you know, the rest you can't really um, trust. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's so true. And his all his responses are very matter-of-factly. They're very, like, straightforward. I was mm-hmm. blind. This guy spat on my eyes, and now I see. And it's like... Like, what's the- so hard to understand, guys? <laughs> what's so hard to believe about that? And it's, fact, it's they didn't cool. know him. They couldn't recognize him. Yeah. And I felt like there was a parallel between this and the Samaritan woman, because I think he went through the three stages she, she went through as well. First, there was a man. Then he's a prophet. And then mm. the final stage was, okay, this is the Messiah Stop. When, when Jesus finally meets him. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I think that's what Jesus does with us, with us as well. Like you said, Karen, we don't know him. So sometimes, again, we put him in a box or we, we put um, our own picture, our own biases of who he is in our minds. But when we, when, again, he's the light of the world. When we ask him to enlighten us through the Bible readings of every day and through our life and encounters with him, he shows us who he is. And then we realize how different he is from what we thought. No, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I think there's like an ongoing theme of hope being restored. Yes. I yeah. think that's what I'm seeing, especially between this week's story and last week's story. I think I really just see like you haven't just gained a sense, like you weren't able to move and now you're moving or you couldn't see and now you see. It was you gained like your soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that's restored. what, yeah. Like, I loved when Maria said the whole thing about the fact that he healed more than just physically, like his soul. Like, so many times we see that, we say that our faith is not blind, but it's complete with the inner eye, which is like the eyes mm. of the soul, you know? And yeah. I think it's really funny that the theme is that hope is being restored because that's essentially what happens in the resurrection, right? Like, <laughs> True. We gain that hope again in that we're not dying, we're, we have eternal life with him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and, it, you know, what's funny too, like about what you guys were saying about how people didn't recognize him is the fact that he was so different. Like, taken, he probably still looked the same. Like, it, the only thing different about him was his eyes. So, the fact that so many people were like, no, maybe it's someone like him, whatever, it just goes to show that he changed more than just physically. And I feel like we've all seen it. Like, if in our lives, mm-hmm. when we've witnessed people, change and true repentance you can see this like newfound grace of god Mm -hmm. on their face that's so visible um and it's just like it's nice to see that they were able to see it too yeah it's very true there was something that i 
when I was reading the passage, I he like the blind man says something, and I'm like, what? No, I disagree with that. And then Saint Augustine is like, and you might be wondering, and I was like, oh my God, Saint Augustine read my mind. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> when he's talking to the Jews, and then he says, we know that God does not hear sinners, but whoever mm. comes and worships Him. And Saint Augustine is like, huh? Does God really not hear sinners? And he Saint Augustine goes on this rant, and he's like, no, he listens to the Pharisee and the publican's prayer, and the publican is the one who leaves more justified, and he gives so many examples. And so he says that this is proof that the blind man had not been fully healed yet. He'd been healed physically, and that was kind of the first mm. stage, but that he needed to meet Christ again to actually be healed fully. So I think, again, like mm. it comes back to the idea of stages and to the idea of um, the more we encounter Christ, the more enlightenment is necessary because you know we we don't believe in a one-time grace one-time conversion and that's all that happened like i'm mm-hmm. not saved in one occasion of my life it's a daily process of of theosis and kenosis like we always mention um yeah so i think that also gave me hope like you said natalie because sometimes i expect that one uh, retreat or one quite time will heal everything that i was going through but no it's it's a little by little process so true. Yes. I actually never read it like that. I, I, I read it more as like the unrepentant. Mm. Well, yeah, that's probably, huh. Yeah, that's probably a good, like, hmm. maybe it's what he meant as well. And then I think one of the parts that touched me the most was when the blind man was rejected near the end, it says that Jesus heard he was rejected and sought him. Mm. He went to him. He met him. And I like, oh, Bro, such comfort was nuts. given to me when I read that because who cares how many people reject you if like Christ himself, out of his compassion and his love for you, sought you out, found you and accepted you. Yeah. There's this um, part in the Monday Theotokia that blows my mind. Apparently it's it's wrongly translated. So in the normal translation is he has he has overcome by his mercy and sent unto us his almighty arm. But apparently when you look at the original Coptic translation, it's that he was overcome by his mercy. He loved us so much that he couldn't help but come seek us out. And I felt that so much with the first verse of this passage where he saw a man and he goes and seeks him out. And like you mentioned, Natalie, at the end, he seeks him out again. Wow. Yeah. You actually just reminded me of something that I read kind of like in my own readings. But basically I was reading in... um, judges and honestly bro like what a trip (laughs) when you read from exodus so like judges what a trip you i literally got to a point where when it told me again that the israelites like turned their back to god i literally had moments where i'm like again like (laughs) we don't learn come on come on people um and there was a verse that basically I don't remember what it, it said exactly, but along the lines of like, basically Jesus left to them, quote unquote. And I was like, what? Jesus left them? Like, okay, so that's possible. So like, if we, so there is a limit. There is like, after a certain number of, th- like if we annoy him too much, mm-hmm. then like game over for us, whatever. It says that the, for the millionth time, the Israelites decided, oh no, God is awesome. And we need him again. Please, what do we do? And then they basically said, like, they always said, put away your foreign gods, okay? Mm-hmm. And, like, serve the Lord with all your heart, keza, keza, like, so on and so forth. And then um, in Judges 10, verse 16, 
So, and the so 15 says, and the children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned, do to us whatever seems best to you, only deliver us this day, we pray. Then verse 16 says, so they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord and his soul, capital H, his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. So it was like, even after he said, like, I'm done with them, Mm -hmm. he can't even mean it. Like, he can't (laughs) say it and mean it. He's like, my soul can't endure seeing them like this. So for the millionth time when they say they want me again, I'm going to go back. Like, (laughs) so any last thoughts? Um, Last thing I had was, I like how when he saw his reflection and like afterwards he goes and he sees his reflection in the water, right? And I just uh, read how that's kind of symbolic of when we get healed and when we repent from something, that's when we get to see like our true selves through Christ and we get to see that reflection off of him of like, I am the daughter of Christ. Oh, I do have a purpose. Oh, this is where I'm supposed to be type thing. Um, So I just thought that was really beautiful. Proverbs 27, wow. 19, Proverbs 27, 19, my favorite, one of my favorites is as a water, as, as in water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals the man. Oh my God. That's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think overall, like it, it just stuck with me how, like just tying everything from the beginning of what Maria was saying about how he's the light and the repentance and all that. It just shows that if he is something, then the opposite happens when you're far from him so if he Mm -hmm. is light then when we're separated from him we are in darkness we can't be enlightened and we can't know him and we can't like have that kind of um enlightenment if we're far from him so when we obey and when we continuously come back and pray i mean when we continuously come back and repent and live out like we heal once and twice and encounter him on numerous occasions like maria was saying that's when we become united with him that's when we're enlightened and that's when we remain in his light right Mm -hmm. um and that's something that i just like it really resonated with me because i feel like i always seek out to be like enlightened like i want so Mm -hmm. bad to know him but i can't do that if i'm consistently away from him or if i'm consistently stuck on like this is going to be how I am in life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When yeah, we, wait. like Maria said in the beginning, like when we offer to him our ideas, I also had this thought about, sorry, I'm story hopping a lot. No, but no, last week, the, the paralyzed man, um, part of what was so amazing was it was like a pool, a place filled with people trying to get healed. And, no one really noticed him because everyone was so stuck on the water. So like when he walked in, we don't read anything about there being like an uproar or Mm. like, Oh, a scene because the Messiah walked in, whatever it was, because everyone's eyes were towards the water, except waiting for it to be stirred. And so it's like, when you're so fixed on your own way of choosing, we also choose to be blind to how Mm. he works in us. Um, Wow. Yeah. That's so true. And that's exactly what the Pharisees did in the story. They they were so fixed on their own method to holiness. Exactly. And but because like, we're so limited, like our minds are so limited. I think that that was another thing that made his, his mode of healing, like with the dirt and the saliva, mm. so special because it was like, let me do something that this guy will never imagine mm. in order to restore a little bit of faith in him, in right. order to give him that hope again. Yeah. Yeah. The... St. John in the first chapter, when he says, 
In him was life. The life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the word comprehend always kind of fascinated me because it's it's so true. It's not even that the light did not like notice or did not appreciate. <laughs> it, it didn't even understand. It, yes. it couldn't contain him because it's so opposite of him, just like you were saying, Karen. Um, but then he continues and in verse 12, he says, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. And so we just need to receive him and be open to the way he's going to transform us and heal us. Yes. And, and keep our eyes open to see his hand. Like I, I loved what you guys were just touching on of the fact that like so many times, like we are blinding ourselves. Like if I had a penny for every time, I probably said, um, I don't see God's hand in my life. And I, I am genuinely, I, I like, you would think I'm insane from how I would go one day to saying, I am so joyful. I have found joy in Christ. And the very next day being like, never mind, he's forsaken me. <laughs> he has forsaken me and I don't see his hand in my life. And actually, actually now looking back, I don't see when he has ever been in my life. I'm that, yeah. I, I promise you, I have mm -hmm. those moments. Yeah, no, And so it's, it's one of these reading this, it's one of those times where I'm, I smile to myself and I think, no, he, his hand has been in my life almost every second of every day. I just choose to be blind to it sometimes. Mm. Yeah. And if I come and seek him out in the proper way and, and prayer and like what we were saying, like finding him in that light, that's when I'll be able to see his hand in my life and actually truly appreciate it. That was, <laughs> that was beautiful. Challenges or? Oh yeah, let's do it. Okay. Mine is going to be another existential question. Like I said last mm. week, mine was, um, what am I waiting for? And this week it's going to be, oh, there's a story to this question. So um, basically the Pharisees in verse 40 said, this was supposed to be sarcastic, but I took it as not sarcastic. Um, then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Mm. So my question to myself this week and my challenge is to say, are we blind also? Am I also blind? And then to like challenge myself to mm. submit, submit to the blindness and to surrender to it. And then to be like, okay, I don't really care what you do anymore. Just do it. You know? <laughs> yes. Exactly. That makes sense. Okay. Yes. That's yes. my challenge. Yeah. Wow. Not the blindness, like kind of like the uncertainty of like, mm life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I think uh, for me, my challenge stemmed from, I was just having this conversation a few weeks ago where I felt like I was purposely not seeking out um, as much, not just FaceTime with Christ, but seeking out knowledge about Christ. Like I would purposely maybe like not read books and stuff. And obviously I say purposely, but I wouldn't like, it wasn't like a mm -hmm. conscious thing, but I would like just put things off because I think a part of me, distorted the verse of like um to whom little is given like little is expected type thing so mm. i would distort that a lot and i would tell myself ignorance is bliss and if i don't know something i don't have to do it like period you know mm. um so my challenge is to not do that to actually use the resources i have and the time that i get with god every like every time that i have a free moment or I feel inclined to go talk to him or read a book or learn up on something that maybe makes me uncomfortable and maybe means I'm actually going to have to fix something in my life to take that and to not choose to be blind and to hopefully open my eyes in that way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's so enlightened as was the theme of today. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, both of yours are so profound, guys. Mine is just 
mine is kind of to to react to our encounter with Christ more like the blind man and less like his parents because although his parents probably were also blamed for being sinners and they probably wanted the best for their son and they were probably really happy that their son got healed they still weren't able to face the Jews out of fear of the Jews and out of fear of being kicked out of the synagogue whereas the young man he decided to like no fear nothing will will take him away from the joy that he experienced and sometimes in my day-to-day I will you know like go to liturgy or have a beautiful encounter with Christ and then kind of lose it because of a YouTube video or because of a stupid fight or whatever something like that out of fear of whatever it is like maybe it's fear of not fitting in or fear of um not feeling relaxed enough like I hope I'm making sense, but I just, Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose the grace or the healing that I receive with Christ out of fear of something way more trivial and way more stupid. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, just to to realize that like, even if I'm kicked out, Yanni, quote unquote, from the synagogue or from whatever I care about, who cares? I received an enlightenment and an opening of my eyes. That's beautiful. Like keeping that perspective. I love that. Mm -hmm. Name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you because you are our healer. You were the ultimate person who was sent to heal us, Lord, and to show us how, to show us who you are as God, to to fix all of the perceptions that people may have formed about you in the Old Testament and that we form about you in our day-to-day, Lord, and to actually show us how compassionate and loving you are. Lord, we ask you in this week and through the rest of Lent and all our lives that you enlighten us little by little, Lord, because your light is so great, we probably can't handle all of it to be revealed to us at the same time, but that you that you chip away, Lord, at our darkness little by little and that you enter into our hearts and you transform them as you healed the blind man physically heal us physically and protect us. And as you healed him spiritually, Lord, heal us in our spirits and reveal to us your true light. Through the intercessions of St. Mary and St. Athanasius, Pope Kyrillus, and all your saints, hear us when we say, thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. If you liked what you heard today, visit our website, emisher.wixsite.com slash mysite for links to the resources used to prepare for these episodes. Have a question? Want to suggest a topic? Write us on our website. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Please keep us in your prayers. God bless.